What would you do if an escaped murderer showed up in your house? My next guest thinks he had that unique experience last week. Today, day 10 of the manhunt for Danilo Cavalcanti, convicted last month of first-degree murder in the 2021 killing of his ex-girlfriend, stabbing her nearly 40 times in front of her children. Cavalcanti, who was 34, was sentenced to life, but before his transfer to state prison on August 31st at about 9 in the morning, he escaped from the Chester County Jail about 30 miles west of Philadelphia by crab walking between two walls of the roof. He ran across the roof, scaled another fence, and then got through more razor wire. Neither the tower guard overlooking the prisoners nor the person tasked with monitoring the facility's cameras saw the escape as it happened. The tower guard, an 18-year veteran, he was fired yesterday. By Friday, nearly 400 local, state, and federal officers were scouring an eight-square-mile stretch of woods near an area called Longwood Gardens, where Cavalcanti was seen around noon on Thursday one of the eight or nine reported sightings that were deemed credible by authorities. You're about to hear a one-of-a-kind tale about one such sighting last Friday evening, about a mile and a half from the county prison. Ryan Drummond joins me now. Ryan, thank you for being here. Paint the picture. It's last Friday night. It's close to midnight. You're home. You're in bed. Wife's in bed. Kids are in bed. What happened? Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, so Friday, we were, even before we went to bed, we were all out on the deck, you know, enjoying our Friday. Uh, and my, we were locking up the house because we knew that there was a prisoner on the loose. And we had this old French door that was off the side of our deck. And I really struggled to get it locked. And my daughter was very concerned. I said, don't worry, he's probably nowhere near here. And of course, why would he ever come to this door? So we end up going to sleep. I hear a noise at around 1130. I walk out of the bedroom and from my bedroom, I can look down. So I look down towards the living room and the kitchen's off to the side. And I thought I heard a noise. I went back to my wife and I said, hey, I don't want to freak you out, but I think there might be somebody downstairs. Grab your phone. I went back out. I saw that the door was slightly ajar. That's when my stomach dropped. I ran down the hallway to make sure all my kids were accounted for. And when I came back, I could start to hear you know, a little bit of shuffling. So I grabbed any kind of weapon that I could. And ironically, the only thing that I had there was a, a picture frame of my wife, a picture frame of my wife and kids. And when I grabbed it, I, I did like a frisbee motion. Should I go over the head? And and at, in that moment, I realized how ridiculous this is. Here you have this guy who's uh, a murderer surrounded by steak knives because we did have steak that night. And um, I looked to my left and saw the light switch and decided to flick the light switch on and off three or four times. And there was a little bit of a pause. And then he flicked the light switch back at me from the kitchen. So that was kind of the acute moment of terror. I turned to my wife. I said, he's downstairs. Call 911 right now. And at that point, there was a little bit of a pause. And, you know, I wasn't sure if he was going to come up the steps, in which case I would, you know, have to go down and there would be a confrontation. And in that moment, I saw him walk out of the kitchen into the living room, not even running, just kind of walking methodically. He had a white shirt, white bag, white hat, and he went out that French door. And by that time, I was on the phone with uh, the police, and, and they arrived moments later. Ryan, real quick, because I'm, I'm limited on time. Do you think that he was signaling to you, stay where you are and nobody gets hurt? Is that what you interpreted that flick of the switch to be? I, I, I do. I do. I mean, I flicked to let him know, I know you're downstairs. And I feel like he was flicking back going, yeah, I'm here. So I, I think Ryan, you're, you're on. Ryan, there, a lot of local businesses, 
quick final thought. This has been devastating for local businesses that have had to close. You've got one top of mind. What is it? Carco. We have a gas station, convenience store. There's not a lot around here. So they he stayed open. He supported the cops. He, he's given them Gatorades, let them use uh, the air conditioning as refuge. And he's lost, you know, at this point, nine days of customers. Um, and I feel for shame. the guy. And I just, anybody local, yeah, hope they can support him. Good message. What a hell of a story. Thank you for being here to tell it. We appreciate it. All right. Thank you.